Hello and welcome to the Barcast. I'm your host, Nick Barr, and this is episode 16. Today I wanted to explore a phrase that has come into my life um, more and more recently, and that phrase is um, strong opinions weekly held. Um, So the context in which this phrase has been coming up um, is in in the context of my day job. I work um, in software development, internet startups. Um, I am a product person. Sometimes you you call us product managers or product designers, um, people who think through um, what the product should be, what the market is, whether there are business opportunities, user experience, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, at my current company, Strong Opinions Weekly Held is actually sort of a, a mantra or a principle for the product managers in the organization. And so um, I wanted to dig into that a little bit more and sort of um, explore why that is and actually whether whether it should be a mantra for product managers at all. Um, I guess it would be useful to start with um, just sort of a few notes on jargon generally. Um, I am a pro jargon, so I'm not like uh, a Dilbert reader where like, oh yeah, jargon is what is terrible about um, company cultures in general. Um, of course, jargon can be dangerous, but jargon can also be um, awesome. And I'll give you an example of an awesome piece of jargon uh, that we used to use at another company of mine, um, which was, uh, well, I'll set it up. So, you know, we're having a meeting and we're, we're discussing some topic and two people start to disagree on something that is sort of tangential to the topic. Like it's important that we recognize that there is disagreement, but a non-goal of that meeting should be to resolve that disagreement. Um, and so what people used to say at this company, and I quickly adopted was, hey, hey guys, let's take this offline. And so if you... Um, didn't work at this company or you don't work in this industry, let's take this offline. Maybe, maybe it has some meaning for you, but it's probably the first time you've, you've heard that phrase. Um, and that's partly what's so great about jargon, right? Is let's take this offline is like, uh, totally untainted by history and context. It's, it's a new thing. It's a new assembly of words. So it lacks, um, uh, it lacks, it has no weight. Um, now what it really means is, Hey guys, you know, this sounds like something that the two of you should work out on your own time. This is a, there's eight people in this meeting um, and six people are not engaged by this conversation. So um, why don't you guys sort it out yourselves? That would be sort of a blunt way of of saying the same thing. Of course, if I said that, that might lead to animosity or disagreement, but I never had any problem saying, let's take this offline. Um, Precisely because I, I think it was a way to get what you wanted without um, hurting anyone's feelings or inviting controversy um, or anything like that. Um, so I, I think that's just one instance of when jargon can be great. Um, of course, there's instances when jargon can be terrible, but uh, probably the the thing that characterizes those moments is just when um, jargon isn't consistently meaningful to the people inside the organization. Jargon doesn't have to mean anything to anyone outside the organization, but if if people within the organization don't have the same opinion of what a piece of jargon means, then that's that's definitely a problem. Anyway, so moving on to strong opinions weekly held, it's not quite jargon, but it's it's one of those mantras that um, I think is really pretty much only used in in sort of my industry. Um, I've never heard it used much outside of it. 
Um, and so I, I, I wanted to dig in and, and make sure that we can kind of talk through it and, and come away with an understanding of what it means. Um, the first thing I did was I searched Google for that phrase, um, and two of the top hits um, were pieces by kind of um, uh, well-known figures in the space. One of them was a blog post by Jeff Atwood, who runs a blog called Coding Horror. Jeff is a programmer and was one of the founders of Stack Overflow. And then the other piece was a, an essay by Fred Wilson, who is a VC at Union Square Ventures in New York. Um, and so they both wrote pieces about sh strong opinions weekly held and, and how they sort of abide by that. Um, so Atwood's post, and, and I'll link to both of those in the show notes, Atwood's post is a response to how some people were reviewing his blog. Um, and the reviews were basically like, this guy thinks he knows everything, um, but he's wrong. He's not really a credible source in software. So Adwood said, like, yeah, I'm not an expert in software. Software is way too broad for me to be an expert in. Um, now, maybe I'm an expert in, in certain fields, but really I'm an amateur. I'm, and, and I mean that sort of in the, uh, the etymological accurate way, which mean amateur, which is amo, you know, to love. I, I just love the field, um, and that's why I write about it. Um, and so I actually uh, I want to invite disagreement and discussion. Atwood says, quote, I go out of my way to write in a strong voice because it's more effective. But whenever I post in a strong voice, it's also an implied invitation to a discussion, a discussion where I often change my opinion and invariably learn a great deal about the topic at hand. He continues, please consider it a strong opinion weekly held, a mock fight between fellow amateurs of equal stature held in an octagon where everyone retains their sense of humor, has an open mind, and enjoys a spirited debate where we all learn something. And that's like a very lovely um, way to put it. Um, and, you know, I, having worked in this industry for a while, I've definitely encountered personas like Atwood's before um, and, and, and sort of even more combative or dismissive. Uh, I've presented many ideas to people and then heard something like, that'll never work. Um, you know, in the first couple of times you hear that, it's really daunting. Um, but, uh, you know, I've come to see it as a challenge, right? Which is basically like, prove me wrong. Um, there's something a little Steve Jobsian about it. Um, it's more common with engineering folk. Um, and, and, that, and that Atwood metaphor of, you know, being in an octagon and sort of, sort of a fight, but within this sort of game like sandbox i think that's something that developers and, and and engineers are are better at than the rest of us um sort of like putting the real world on pause and entering this sort of war zone and then popping back into reality most of us sort of continue to cling on to reality and so we'll be in the octagon but we'll still be hey i'm nick in the octagon and when you say something mean or dismissive it hurts my feelings um but yeah i mean i've I, one of the sort of um battle scars that you pick up along the way is, is to learn how to handle that. And I also think the community is getting better at having empathy for different people. Um, and so also I've actually, I, I hear it less and less within, you know, conversations with programmers and developers. I think people have become more mindful of that not everyone is able to sort of hop into the octagon, uh, at will. Um, and, and so, you know, going to Wilson, um, Fred says something similar, uh, Fred is an investor and coming at it from that perspective, he says, quote, when an investment opportunity is surfaced, I'll immediately have an opinion and I'll voice it, often strongly. 
My colleagues understand that this is my style and don't let me bully the conversation because they also know I'll fold quickly when the facts prove I am wrong. So those are pretty similar cases, right? Um, both of these guys are opining about a space. In, in Atwood's case, it's usually programming. In Wilson's case, it's sort of venture. It's forecasting. It's having an opinion about the future of every industry that he might possibly invest in. So you know they're, they're way too broad for these guys to be experts. Um, and so strong opinions weekly held really make sense for them. Um, first of all, like they're super busy. Um, and so it's like this really great way to filter out um, all weak thinkers, right? You kind of end the discussion right there with this bombastic or, 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 or really strong point of view. That'll never work. Nope. I don't, I don't think there's a future in, in wearables. Uh, and you know, un, uh, unless you've got like a really compelling case why there is, uh, the conversation's over. Um, but, uh, in addition to being busy, they're also sort of these thirsty learners, um, maybe for its own sake, but also because their careers kind of depend on their ability to accumulate knowledge. Um, and so voicing strong opinions is a really good way to accelerate conflict, right? And by accelerating conflict, you accelerate learning. Um, Atwood has uh, another post um, where he talks about this more and he calls this the smackdown learning model. And that's sort of an expansion of, of that octagon metaphor that he was talking about earlier. So, for Atwood and for Fred Wilson, I think strong opinions weekly held makes a ton of sense. Um, but I wanted to go back and explore whether it makes just as much sense for product managers um, and for founders and for other people who are um, sort of thinking through product and proposing paths forward. Um, so imagine, you know, Atwood and I are working together in a company and I think we should build product X. Atwood says, no, that'll never work. Or, you know, nope, there's nothing to be done there. And, and if we argue our points and then I fold quickly, um, as Wilson says he does, the question is like, am I a good product manager? Did I just do my job? Uh, and I would contend that the answer there is no. Um, PMs and founders aren't like engineers or an investor. Um, a PM's job is, is actually to be an expert. Um, you can be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. PMs can be wrong. It happens. But um, PMs shouldn't really be wrong that often um, when it comes to sort of presenting that, hey, we should do X. Um, you know, if, if there are other people who are better experts, and of course that happens all the time, then as a PM or as a founder, you should be like absorbing that person's knowledge really early in the process. Um, and, you know, so the same goes for founders, right? So if I'm, if I'm pitching Fred, hey, Fred, you've got to invest in this company. This is, this is the future. Um, and then he comes up with something in the meeting, whether he says that'll never work. And I say, you're right. Or even if he sort of says, have you thought about this? And I say, oh no, I haven't thought about that. That's, oh, that's really interesting. Let me, let me incorporate that into my thinking. Uh, I've probably failed. I'm probably not going to get any money, um, because I should be coming to that pitch meeting with like a super ironclad argument. Um, if Fred's got anything meaningful to contribute, then I should have sought that out and synthesized it way before I came asking for capital. Um, I think PMs and founders have this in common where like, you're always being tested to see how prepared you are if you've done your homework. And um, you know, if it comes to um, you not having done your homework in the area that you're responsible for, um, that's a problem. So you know, of course, you can have strong opinions weekly held about things that aren't your business. But if it's your business, uh, I would say you should have like a strong opinion strongly held. So um, that's... That's my claim. I, I want to kind of riff on a version of strong opinions Luke we held that I really like. So I was having a conversation with a coworker of mine, 
um, his developer, we were thinking about like, hey, what platform should we launch on for this new thing we're doing? Um, and we've both sort of volleyed our initial thoughts and we didn't agree. So we were, we were walking and talking and to sort of assure me that we could have like a really good hearty debate without any misgivings, um, the developer said, uh, you know, when it comes to these things, I hold on tightly and let go lightly. And I really like this spin on Strong Opinions Weekly Held. I Googled it and it has less um, sort of history, although I think it's like a song lyric or something. Um, so there's a lot of lyrics websites. Um, but I, I think it's actually a completely different use case um, than Strong Opinions Weekly Held. Uh, hold on tightly and let go lightly. So I want to explore that use case for a minute too. Um, if you're not a founder, you've got a boss. Um, and your boss is like ultimately the person who's going to decide what the company does, right? Um, so like if you've got a really great relationship with your boss and you guys are aligned, then you're not going to be disagreeing much. But when you do disagree um, and you can't come to an agreement, your boss is the tiebreaker, um, sort of just a fact. Um, so, you know, in this scenario, I, I think we should build product X. My boss doesn't. Um, what what happens in, in, in those cases? Um, and, uh, well, this is going to be interesting. Um, I've got to, um, dig up the book that I wanted to quote. And so one of two things is going to happen. Either there's going to be a, a weird cut or hopefully a successful cut. And I'll, I'll jump right to that book, or there's going to be sort of an awkward silence for about 30 seconds at least, um, while I find the book. If, if I do do the cut, this will be my first cut ever in the bar cast, the first piece of editing ever. Um, so get excited. Cool. So uh, you've either been bearing with me or um, time flew by in an instant, but I have the book in front of me. It's High Output Management by Andy Grove. It's a really great book, and it's the, it's the only management book I can recommend. I'm not really much of a manager, so don't take you know my word for it, but if you have like very little interest in management but still want to know a little bit about how to structure organizations and teams, check it out. Um, one of the reasons I really like this book is because it's not shy about discussing hierarchies. Um, like for some reason, it's become pretty unpopular within organizations to talk about like org charts and roles and processes and making all that explicit. I actually think that's like a really big problem. Um, I think when I talk to my friends and colleagues, like when I hear about a lot of the things that are problematic, why did you quit? Or why did you get fired? Or why aren't you happy? A lot of it is just like, it's not explicit. Um, you know who my boss is or how reporting structures work until it's painful. Um, so one of the one of the values of laying these things out early is um, one is evaluating how well it's working, but then two is like no surprises um, when things get difficult. Anyway, um, this is chapter five: decisions, decisions. And uh, Andy says, and Andy has this illustration of the ideal model, um, and it's it's a really simple illustration, um, and it's. Uh, we go from free discussion to clear decision to full support. Um, and he expands on each of these a little bit. And I, I don't have this highlighted perfectly, but um, you know, he says the most important thing is, is the word free. It sounds obvious, but it's not often the practice. Usually when a meeting gets heated, participants hang back, trying to sense the direction of things, saying nothing until they see what view is likely to prevail. They'll then throw their support behind that view to avoid being associated with a losing position. Bizarre as it may seem, some organizations actually encourage such behavior. Um, and he goes on with, with some examples there. 
Um, and so that, you know, free discussion is Andy's articulation of this idea of strong opinions. Um, and then he goes on. The next stage is reaching a clear decision. Again, the greater the disagreement about the issue, the more important becomes the word clear. In fact, particular pains should be taken to frame the terms of the decision with utter clarity. Again, our tendency is to do just the opposite. When we know a decision is controversial, we want to obscure matters to avoid an argument. But the argument is not avoided by our being mealy-mouthed, merely postponed. People who don't like a decision will be a lot madder if they don't get a prompt and straight story about it. Um, so, you know, that, that, that middle stage is the one that's missing from both hold on tightly and let go lightly and strong opinions weekly held, which is like, what is the event that, um, triggers that transition? Um, and I guess it's not right here, but, um, Andy makes it clear, like, uh, the boss is the one who decides, right? So hopefully the expert who's not managing many people, they're driving that decision and the boss just plus ones it. But in the event of, uh, disagreement that can't be resolved, uh, the boss is the tiebreaker. And he finishes, I don't know why I'm calling him Andy. I've never, I've never met the guy, but some, some first names are very first nameable. And Andy Grove, uh, I definitely, I definitely think of him as Andy and not Mr. Grove. Anyway, finally, everyone involved must give the decision reached by the group full support. This doesn't necessarily mean agreement. So long as the participants commit to back the decision, that is a satisfactory outcome. Many people have trouble supporting a decision with which they do not agree, but they need to do so. It's simply inevitable. Even when we have all the same facts and have all the same interests of an organization in mind, we tend to have honest, strongly felt, real differences of opinion. No matter how much time we may spend trying to forge agreement, we just won't be able to get it on many issues. But an organization doesn't live by its members agreeing with one another at all times about everything. It lives instead by people committing to support the decisions and the moves of business. All a manager can expect is that the commitment to support is honestly present, and this is something he can and must get from everyone. Um, so that's that's Andy on on um, decision making and and strong opinions weekly held and hold on tightly, let go lightly. Um, and for me, that's as simple as it sounds. That's like the most important and the hardest part to get right, which is just simply an explicit process um, in which first there is an open and free discussion. Second, a clear decision is reached. And third, uh, full support is sought and gained. Um, and so that's my piece on strong opinion strongly held, um, which is the, the refined mantra I would encourage product managers to have, the very least about their own areas of responsibility. Um, and hopefully next time we'll, we'll go to something a little bit more fun. I don't know if this was fun for you, if you made it this far, and if you did, maybe... I only kept the software people, which would be a shame, but uh, next time we'll try to do something a little bit more off the beaten path. This has been the BarCast. I'm your host, Nick Barr. See you next time.